With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your very late Monday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird. We are continuing to tread water and the sharks are circling, and I'm almost drowned, Nathan, and I soon will be eaten by sharks if we don't have a decision about this Big Ten football season. We're going to talk about this Monday night. Nathan and I recorded a podcast on Sunday night, kind of setting up what we thought was going to happen on Monday or Tuesday, and my computer ate it. So that's why our Monday podcast did not appear in your feed Monday morning. There's nothing happening on Monday with the Big Ten. We are expecting something to happen soon on Tuesday. Nathan, uh, we're going to run through, I'm going to, there's the quote from, I think it's Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars movies, who says like, let the, feel the hate flow through you or whatever. (laughs) I am fueled by hate. I think perhaps you are drained by hate. Because I was like, hey, let's make this podcast the things we hate the most about the last 34 days of Big Ten football. And you were kind of like, oh, let's not do too many. I have to eat dinner. And I was like. <laughs> well, I think we have a different definition of the most. Because I think I might have 10 that I want to whittle down to three. And you have like 14,007 and you need to whittle them down to 10. But I am, And I am energized by the ability to express my hatred. So I have lots of good yeah. hate lined up. And I'm going to unleash it. And we're going to start with this, though. Are you surprised as we sit here Monday night at 8 o'clock? that there was not a vote, there was not a decision from the Big Ten on Monday, or are you not surprised? I'm not surprised. I assumed that there would be. I think we said that, actually, on the, the pod that never was last night. But I'm not really surprised. And I was saying this to somebody on the text. It's always just numbers. I wish I had more names. But um, I was having a conversation with someone on the text and saying that, especially when you saw the comment I assume we'll talk about from the Wisconsin chancellor saying that this has to be all for one and one for all. And it's gotta be the the whole league or, or nobody, I guess, basically that is another level of complication potentially that has to be hashed out. So as we said last night, it also kind of depends on what exactly they're trying to do with this initial action or announcement or whatever you want to call it, that will eventually come out. They've got to get everybody on board. I think it's got to be, there has to be some unanimity to this. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. And then it's just the parameters from there. Is it, are you just saying, okay, we're playing, but we're not telling you when and where and who yet. And then that stuff gets decided in other installments, or are you trying to do everything at once? If you're trying to do everything at once or trying to do a lot at once, then that does complicate it. So it doesn't, it doesn't really surprise me that it trickles into at least one more day. I think you need a league schedule when you announce it. I don't think you need the team schedules. You need so, parameters. Yeah. You need to say we're going to start on October 17th or October 24th or November 1st or whatever it is. And we're going to play eight games in nine weeks or whatever. But you, you don't need to say Ohio State is playing Maryland on October 17th. You don't have to say right. that right away. But you have to have what this is going to look like so the players and the coaches can restart their lives. The, that that – what you mentioned from the Wisconsin chancellor was really kind of like the only bit of news on Monday. And I, as usual, I'll shoot you straight. I don't know nothing. I ain't got nothing. I got squat for you people. I don't think the Wisconsin chancellor knows what she's talking about. 
So I don't care what she said because I don't think that's right. Because I think she thinks she knows what Wisconsin is thinking or whatever, but I don't think what she said means that all 14 teams are playing for sure. Or I don't think what she said means that everything they do is going to be, I mean, they're just, they're working it out. That might be what she hopes she thinks. So part of this is, and at least that's on the record, that's a person saying that, but what has happened during the course of this, and we'll get into the things I hate very quickly. We just constantly have this person says something. It's like, well, I mean, that person knows 31% of the picture. Then this person says something else. That person knows 18% of the picture. And then it's left to everyone to try to sort of piece it together on their own. And it's very hard. It's hard for me. as a, I get paid for this. I don't know if you people know this. This is my job. I feed my children with this. Is that ridiculous? It's, it's confusing to me sometimes trying to figure out like what's real. I can't imagine how confusing it is for people who have other jobs, have other things, have other interests, but just then on the side care a lot about Big Ten football. And I get frustrated by that. I mean, that chancellor can say whatever she wants and, I, and we're, I'm never going to be angry about people talking on the record when we've had so much anonymous garbage floated out there. But then what it means, I just, it doesn't, I'll add it to the pile, but it didn't change my view of the pile because there's, that's a huge pile, brother. I think that's a good way to look at it. Although I do, it is refreshing when you hear from people who actually will be in the room voting what they think instead of source, instead of, hey, a collection of reporters all kind of regurgitating what they're all getting from the same um, PR person. Or frankly, you know, some of the other reporting I think is good reporting as far as like multi-source people from good reporters. But I think a lot of that is coming from coaches and ADs. And I think that might be a very different set of beliefs than what is happening with the Council of Presidents and Chancellors. And I think it, it was refreshing and potentially useful and enlightening to hear from one of the people who actually will be voting. Those are the voices that have been the quietest. We haven't heard from Ohio State's Gene Smith in a while. We haven't actually heard on the record from a lot of the presidents and chancellors in a while. So to get one of them to say something about what things, what might be happening in that room was helpful as opposed to when compared to a lot of what we've been hearing from reporting over the past couple of days. We mentioned this on the podcast that got eaten and then just touch on this real quick and then let's hurry up and get to the hate. Buckeye duck, hurry up and get to the hate. He can't hold the hate back. Oh my Buckeye God. Duck. I just, uh, I miss it. I've said that. I miss hating things. Um, let's give, let's just give our vibe. When we talked, we said we thought something would happen on Monday, but we didn't think it was hundred percent for sure. We certainly thought it could wait till Tuesday. I will be surprised if it goes much beyond Tuesday because they have set themselves up, right? I mean, they are the ones, this is like a lot of places. This is like, they are making it public. Hey, we had this meeting. It was successful. The big 10 is doing it to itself. Now this is not, anonymous people on the side claiming there's going to be a vote soon. The big 10 has built anticipation and it would be, it would be stupid by them to build anticipation and then drag that out for another week. So I do think everybody in the big 10 is expecting something to happen Tuesday or Wednesday, probably. Uh, my guess is at this moment, still, I would guess October football. I think I said 85% when we did this Sunday night, I probably would peel back a little bit from that. Um, but still probably 80 or 75% to me that, that, that my guess would be what they end up doing is playing probably maybe starting on October 24th. Maybe there's still a chance they could play October 17th. So I'll say 75% that that winds up being the resolution, but I'm not going to be shocked about everything. And I'm not going to pretend I know anything. Nathan, where are you? What's your percent and on what you think is going to happen? I'm trying to, I thought that when we set the percentages last night, we were talking about the difference between the 17th and the 24th, maybe. And I was like 65% towards no, the 24th. I don't, and then I yelled, no, I don't want to differentiate between the 17th and the 24th. All people care about is whether they play in October with a chance Fine. to win the national championship. Lump so, the 17th and 20th. We're reliving the same argument. Lump the 17th <laughs> and the 24th together. Because the, the only issue is October, Thanksgiving, or January. That's right. the difference that matters. So, so what think, are yeah. the chances of October – that puts Ohio state in the national championship race. I think it's um, so under, I think my percentage has probably grown. I think it's probably more like yours, like 75% that, that that's what it is. But I think that also may be one of the things that's drawing this out a little bit because the 
um, the status of campuses across the Big Ten as it relates to COVID-19 are, are drastically different right now. There's some campuses that it's a much bigger problem or being treated as a much bigger problem than it is at others. So I think that is probably one of the things that everyone has to get on the same page about because there's people who have different comfort levels as far as starting in October versus starting later, as is my guess. So we want to make it clear as we get into the hate. Hate is very personal, just like love. Um, this is sort of my hatred. I'm not saying it should be your hatred. I'm trying to look at it from my perspective because I care about me, but I'm also trying to be big picture. But like what I hate about this is different than what, you know, a parent or a player or a coach would hate about it. Um, but I'll try to think about like what a, what a listener would think about, not just like, I don't want to say like, well, what I hate is that my pink headphones squish my head and we've done a lot of podcasts. That's not on my list, but why don't I save my hate because it's so deep and it's so dark. And why don't we start with your hatred, Nathan? How many, did you do a list? How many things do you have on the list of what you have hated about the last, it's 34 days as we talk here on Monday since the initial cancellation, how many are on your list? I came up with three big ones that I okay. that, that I've, I've kept coming back to. So let's see if let's see if you wind up if if my ten, if uh, encompass your three. But why don't you just do your three and we'll start there and then we'll get to my hate at the end. Uh, so at number three, I'm going to put lawyers, and it's not that I dislike lawyers and hate lawyers. I actually have a great respect for lawyers. It's a profession that I I I think if I had. Um, been more studious, maybe I would have gone down that road. I think you can really, it just seems like it could be a really fun profession. But in this case, I've seen, number one, I don't know that all the lawyers who are involved in this sincerely have the, their client's best interests at heart in a, in a genuine way. I think there's some opportunism, for lack of a better word, that's going on here. And also just some of the, just absolute childishness. Some of the most childish things I've seen on Twitter, and we'll get to that in a second. But some of the most childish things I've seen on Twitter have been from the lawyers, these supposedly academic professional people um, kind of making asses of themselves at times. And I'm not sure why they feel like they need to go down that route in order to uh, get their point across. I guess it, I mean, it mostly it's just to, to, to do what I think their court actions are meant to do too, which is sort of um, cause a nuisance and, and stoke the, the fan bases of, of certain places a little bit and try to create pressure more than to actually accomplish something with the, the lawsuit. That's good. I didn't have lawyers on my list and I should have. So thank you for doing that. Cause I think Well, if I'd uh, let you go to like 15, you should, you would have got the true. lawyers. In. And listen, we don't mean, I mean, I hate sports writers too. I don't hate all sports writers. I don't hate all that lawyers. Second. I just hurts. I just hate some of them. So if you are a lawyer who's listening to this, we don't hate you. We love you. We just, we just hate people like you. <laughs> I didn't say it. Yeah. I didn't say I hated all lawyers. I hate saying, I'm saying I hate some lawyers specifically involved with this or involving themselves in this. It's not, and I've been, I've been talking to lawyers. I've been talking to lawyers um, for potential reporting that we're trying to do. Like I've, I've had conversations with people who've been very helpful, I'm not talking about them either. I think, I think people know who I'm talking about. Why don't you, why don't you just say it then? You don't want to say it. <laughs> All right. I would say it, but it's not my list. All right. What's number two list. on your list? Uh, number two, I put uh, Twitter slash the quote reporting that's been going on. I know this is on your list. Um, I would assume I mean, we talked about it last night on the pod that, that didn't make it. So I assume it would make some kind of a, a return tonight, but yeah, it, it's it on is. there. Um, it is. It's, it's, uh, I, I just, I'm frustrated with the way that we collectively as a, uh, as a profession choose to pursue this sometimes. I think even I am probably guilty of it from time to time. And I try to check myself. Um, I've definitely tried to do this as far as our texts. I know people out there, are antsy. I know that they're they're really hungry for information and and want a resolution to this and want to know which way it's going. And I've been I've pulled back from some of the things that I might ordinarily share because I feel like things are are bouncing around so um, kind of carelessly sometimes on Twitter that I want to have something more concrete to pass along to people. That's I feel like you guys pay three ninety nine a month not to be misled. Um, but I think there's people out there who are I've just are and this is not anything new but they're playing so fast and loose with the concept of truth and some of them aren't even reporters and they say well i'm not a reporter but i'm going to go ahead and put this stuff out there anyway um and it, it's just nonsense it, it doesn't help anyone at the end of the day i think it entertains people i think especially when it's positive things if you're talking about the ohio state fan base i think it gives them hope 
but I, I, I don't know that at the end of the day, it's not constructive. It's, it's really selfish and, um, and delusional at times. And it's, it's, it, it frustrates. I wake up every day a little sick to my stomach knowing what I'm going to have to go through over the next like 12 to 16 hours watching some of that crap online. It's hard because, you know, usually we're dealing with who's going to win a game and who might be hurt for a game or, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutes. And there's, and, but, but also that it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just like fun. That doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. have an excuse to be careless, but, you know, this is a thing that involves uh, a very serious medical situation. It involves hundreds of millions of dollars. It involves the futures and lives of thousands of amateur athletes. Like this is like really important stuff. This is, this is much more important than an Ohio state, Maryland football game. And when you treat this more important stuff with the same way that you would treat kind of just sports stuff, like, Hey, yeah, I like that guy. I hate that guy. Oh, they're going to win. You know, that that's frustrating. So I, I, I'll get into my thing a little bit, but could not agree more. Um, yeah, and right. just to make clear, there's also a spectrum of that, right? I mean, I think there are, there are people, and again, I people could look back over my reporting. They might feel like I've I've slipped up at some point too. I don't know. I think there's legitimate outlets that could be tighter about the way they pass along information, and then there's just a dude with a with a phone who's just putting stuff out there, and that's a that's a wide spectrum. But all of it has has frustrated me to some degree in recent weeks. The the thing that I think that happens sometimes is like the the media outlets and, and, and I, there's the only thing I say by by like real media outlets is like do you use your real name and are you accountable like if you're wrong are you held to account in some way right um, and and you don't have to get paid for it I mean there are people who do this sort of on the side who can be very good and very responsible and it's like they don't necessarily get a paycheck for writing or talking about sports so I don't want to say that that's a dividing line although it is one of the dividing lines but I think really it's about putting yourself out there and being accountable. It frustrates me um, when people aren't held accountable. So, so like I want to sort of go back and not like in a gotcha sense, but I mean, Dan Patrick on his radio show on Monday was like a source said, Michigan's not going to play. They don't think Michigan state's going to play. He listed like four or five big 10 schools that his source said probably isn't going to play. And, and I said, I'm going to call him Dan Yatrick from now on instead of Dan Patrick, if, if he turns out that like all 14 schools play and Michigan plays because you're wrong, get a better source. Now, if you're right, you're going to get credit. So I'm not worried about that. I'll come back on this podcast and say, Hey man, I was wrong. Dan Patrick was right. But too often people don't go back and say, look at this dumb thing that was totally wrong. So if that's wrong, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tweet everyone who tweeted this and said, wow, this is interesting. Please retweet this now and say, wow, this was incorrect. So the next time that person has one source, now my source is saying, blah, 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 blah. people might be like, well, I'm not sure I'm going to believe that because last time you were wrong. And listen, the stuff he reported from sources is like a direct conflict to what multiple other people have reported the other way. So somebody's going to be wrong and I'm going to call them out. So I just, that is a part of this and it's not gotcha. It's good for everybody because if you're never told you're wrong, which is why I like talking about saying I'm nine and three, but it's a different, it's also different to my, my nine and three prediction. A wrong prediction is, is different than a wrong report, right? I mean, like, you know, One's an opinion and one is, is you're trying you're supposedly passing along a fact. You didn't say, you didn't say Ohio state will go nine and three this year. I have been to the future. It is a fact. Right. According to a source. You said, right. Or yeah, a source who's been to the future tells me. (laughs) That's next. I'm sure that'll be on Twitter in two days. Um, A a flex capacitor owner who asked to remain anonymous. All right. So what's your number one thing that you, that's, so that's only number two. That's not the thing you hate the most. What did you hate the most about this? Well, number one is, is it can be related, but it's, I couldn't, the best word I could come up with was tribalism. I think this is a, a problem in all aspects of society right now, but right now it's tribalism, both with some media who I think are only looking at this from one point of view. And certainly just from, from, I think fans in general who will look at this from one point of view. And I understand that, um, it's hypocritical of me to uh, pay my mortgage based on that 
partisanship one day and then criticize it the next. But I think people have not done a good job of stepping back and looking at the full spectrum of things at play here before they, again, kind of delve into some of these uh, criticisms of other entities, whether that's individuals, whether that's schools, um, you know, whether that's kind of just the, the, the trend of, of things in general. Um, the, as we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, it's both a legitimate stance to believe that there are medical uh, advancements in place that would allow football to move forward. And a, a second person could, could hear the, many of the same things and believe that it's not. And I, I, there, there seems, there, a lot of people seem to have no respect for that second thing. And, um, and, and are also, I think, looking at the fact that teams are playing right now and, and, and Ohio State's not, and, and thinking of that as some kind of a travesty without, again, also taking into effect all of the ways that teams aren't playing right now, whether that's the postponements that are happening, whether that's the quarantines that some of those teams that are playing are fighting through. Um, those are, it's all part of the same picture. I've tried to point it out in my reporting. I know some of you um, have reacted uh, less than, with a less than warm embrace to that, but I'm trying to, I feel like it's my job to put out the full um, perspective of things. And I think everyone would be uh, healthier if they were to do the same. You know, there's something about your hate, Nathan, is it, I don't feel like it's, there's enough hate in it. It's like you explained your hate. It's a, it's a mature hate. Yeah, I didn't feel like there was enough screaming. There's going to be more screaming when I list the things that I hate about this when we come. Oh, back, I know. When we come back on Buckeye Talk. All right, back with a list of things that I hate about this whole process. Again, we're expecting something probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. Our guess is from sort of what we've heard and what we've read is that there will be October football, but we can't guarantee it. So, I mean, what else is new? So my, my list of things, I have nine. It, it wound up. So um, they sort of overlap with yours, but I'll just read mine quickly and we can run through my hate as I scream them. And then you can comment on my hate. I'll start with not seeing this Ohio state team on the field that I just hate that. And, and that I think is like the number one thing that anybody listening to this would relate to. I mean, that's the number one thing for everybody, but I wanted to start with that because I don't lose want to want to lose track of that. That's what this is all about for everybody. And it stinks. Like it's awful. And like all the anticipation, the way their season ended last year, they're just in such a different spot than every other school in the Big Ten. And coupled with that, and I don't have this as a separate item, but anybody who tries to like hold that against Ohio State or believes that that shouldn't be a big factor or thinks that that's, oh, well, Ohio State just wants to play for a national championship. That's why the Big Ten's having its discussion. It's like, yeah, that should matter. So if you don't realize that, that this is a big deal, and it stinks. This is, this is a program that competes at this level all the time, but this is a particular moment, Nathan. I mean, this is, this is, I'm not saying it's unique because you can go back and say, well, you know, if they wouldn't have gotten in 2006 coming off the way they played in 2005 and you thought they'd be preseason number one, if they would have had that delayed, that would have stunk. And, you know, coming off, if you wouldn't have gotten to play 2015 as a defending national champs, that would have stunk. And if you wouldn't have gotten to play Chase Young's last year, that would have stunk. But this is one of those years. And so, I mean, it's obvious, but I just wanted to point it out because every now and then it feels like there are some people out there who brush that aside when, to me, it's like at the top of the discussion. No, I think that's actually a good reminder, and I, I feel bad that I didn't say something more along those lines for mine. But I, 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 I think you're right, and I think the the people sometimes, as much as the as people like you know Randy Wade and the the parents have maybe tried to put the focus back on the players and on just the concept of playing football, and I suppose Ryan Day too. Um, I, I think maybe we and we've all reported on that stuff, but maybe we haven't um, been as as sympathetic at times to that concept. So I think you're right. Uh, the next one is football limbo. I just, we've been in stasis. It's like we all, we've all been in a football coma for 34 days. And if you said, well, I wish they just would have canceled it for good and said, we're never reconsidering it. Although that's what they did say, whatever, like a week after they canceled it. And now they are still reconsidering it. I mean, so I wouldn't have wanted that instead, but it stinks being here in the middle because at least for this podcast, we've reached a point where, it feels like there's nothing else to say about this, but I'm not sure that anybody wants to listen to anything else. You know, we've got some good feedback on the retalkables and that kind of thing, but 
if, if you just absolutely knew for sure it wasn't going to happen, then you can move on and we could try to do some other stuff. From our standpoint of trying to cover this, I think it's been a lot of the worst of both worlds of being in limbo for a month because you, you can't really do anything else, but there's not so, all that much to do with this. And I've hated that. And for, for those of you out there who are listening who are sort of discouraged by the stasis, especially the, the ones who are um, our Buckeye Talk tech subscribers, like we hear it, like we, we hear when you guys text back to us and we, we understand it. Like it, sometimes we're, we're putting things out there and, and the reaction is kind of like, well, I don't care. I just, you know, they're not playing football and I'm, I'm just, I'm just sick to my stomach and I, I don't want to hear about this. And I, I understand, like we're trying to obviously to, to fill, to, to serve a wide audience here. Um, but we understand it. And I think we feel it too. It, it does get to be, this job is a grind sometimes, um, as all jobs are, I suppose, but this job is a grind sometimes, but it's usually because something new is happening every day and it's hard to keep up. And here it's a grind because it's nothing. It's just, it's glacial progress. And it would be great to have a resolution so we all could move forward. Ryan Day was talking about that on the radio tonight, that it, it's, it's difficult to go out and practice even for them sometimes because they're trying to get better for themselves. But also when you don't have a goal to work towards, that makes it more difficult as an as a athlete, as a performer, as a competitor. So I think we're all kind of in that boat to some extent, and um, we, we feel your pain. We want a resolution as well. Uh, next on my list is sources who are a source. And it's sort of what you covered, but I just, there's a lot of journalists who say sources say, when I just think to myself, you got an email. Who's your second source? One dude. And, and, and plural and singular are not the same. So if I said, I have two wives, but I really meant that I have one wife, there's a big difference between that. So that's the same with sources. So I'm not like, I don't know for sure. I know for sure that some, there is somebody along the way in the last 34 days who has said sources say when it's really just source say, and it aggravates me. Uh, the next thing up is sort of what you talked about, sort of these random people reporting random things but the thing that I hate about it the most is my about it the most is is my constant consternation about like the five percent possibility that they're right. And does this random person <laughs> actually somehow know this? Or just I mean, this person has said seventeen things that have been wrong, but is the eighteenth gonna be right? And am I a failure because I haven't been able to figure out the same thing that so? If I just could completely ignore them and not worry about them, it's like, all right, fine. But it's like the nagging thing in the back of your head of like, that's ridiculous. That can't be unless. And I hate the 5% unless. And the 5% unless, I think I don't, I don't want to be like, have an ego about it and be like, it's impossible that some person out there, because again, I mean, this is, we don't own the corner just because we get a paycheck for this. But I don't think those people hold themselves to the same standards that we hold ourselves to. So they're probably throwing stuff against the wall, but every now and then maybe something you pick up and throw against the wall sticks. So like, I just, I hate living with that. I hate, I have like a knot in my stomach about it, um, about that stuff sometimes. Another thing that I hate is the, the, the inference or the idea that the people, the conferences who are playing are right and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are wrong. And I blame the Big Ten for allowing that idea to present yeah. itself because this is a very serious, unprecedented medical situation, not for the country, but for the whole world. And the idea that you would be cautious in the midst of that and perhaps not go about your business as usual and not close to usual, and you would sacrifice a lot, you would sacrifice millions of dollars and the experience, the rare once in a lifetime experiences of people, but you would be doing it in the name of health and welfare and safety, but that somehow the Big Ten has just uh, eliminated the, that possibility. We talked about it the other day. I can't remember some of the podcast that didn't go or one that did, but that's a failure by them. I'm not saying that the Big Ten is right. I'm saying the certainty that the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 are right, and I don't think anybody knows that for sure. 
um, and that they gave up that ground. And it doesn't mean the Big Ten shouldn't change their mind, but I feel like they've allowed themselves to be painted in a certain way when actually part of what they're doing is like being cautious and responsible, but they've only, it feels like to me, been painted as a negative, and that's their fault for allowing it to happen. James Franklin said it on Saturday on game day. He said that he thought the Big Ten should be um, credited or, or uh, what do you want to say, like applauded for the decision that they made, being out in front and, and making that decision. He just didn't like – I mean, I, I, I think he also didn't like the decision at the end of the day, but he was, he was, he was saying he, that you should give him credit. And I think, I think we've said sort of the same things, that it wasn't necessarily – history may show them to have made the right decision, just put it out there in the wrong way. I also want to say that this is, again, one of those places where the divide comes in, I believe, between the, the presidents and chancellors and some of the sources that were out there talking that, you know, the unnamed sources that were saying uh, things are looking positive. It's looking like this. It's looking like this. I think a lot of times those are coming from, especially when they're being reported by sports writers, they're coming from coaches and ADs. And I think they may see these things sometimes in a very different way. I mean, it, for those people, one season of one football team, is significantly different than it is for a president or a chancellor who sees things, I think, in terms of um, decades and looks at the, the long-term integrity, not just of their university, but really of the, as the whole alliance of the Big Ten, too. I think that it may be naive, but it may, I think it's something that they actually do care about. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind here. The next thing I hate is whenever – the discussion trends in a direction and maybe this is just the way I'm absorbing it. And maybe this is my fault, but I do feel like at times there's a lack of perspective about the fact that this is not only happening to football. This is not only happening to the big 10. There are 190,000 Americans and I think half a million people around the world who have lost their lives as a result of this pandemic. We are in an economic downturn. People have lost their jobs uh, as a result of this pandemic, people are having mental health issues as a result of this pandemic. And the Big Ten not playing football is not the worst thing that has happened. And I know, I know, I know that the listeners in this audience realize that. I know our texters realize that. I know Ohio State fans realize that. It just is the way the discussion is couched sometimes. How angry people get. How angry they get about it. And the, the idea even beyond those super beyond loss of life and serious medical issues and losing your job, just the idea of like, well, there are other things people can't do too, right? I mean, Broadway in New York is shut down and you know, you can't, there's a lot of things you can't go out and do in the world that, that you want to do and that people have had to sacrifice. And this isn't the only thing. And again, maybe that's just on me and we're sports writers. We cover Ohio state football. So as I, as I said, famously, when I was in the press box one night, hammering away back in the old days when it was just me and I was writing five or six stories after a game and someone in the press box said, oh, wow, Doug, look at that moon. And I said, I don't cover the moon. So like, I don't care. I'm writing a story about Ohio State football. So I understand that we are laser focused on this stuff. But man, it's just like if if just if if you're that angry um, about this, I mean, it's it's just not the most important thing. And I know that sounds like I'm on a soapbox, which is why it's only one of my nine things. But I just I did want to add that in here. I don't think a lot of people have done that, but I think I've felt that that some people, some select group of people, have done that at times through this. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about some of the stuff I had to rearrange this year because of the 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 pandemic. You I think get that, to have your wedding. You didn't get to we, do your wedding. I, mean, I got you married. Wanted. I got married. We'll but still, if, we'll still get drunk next summer as long as they allow it. Uh, as long as things improve by then. Um, but I'm, there's probably people out among our audience. I mean, we get a lot of people listen to this and there's probably people out there in our audience who have themselves or uh, a family member has dealt with, with COVID-19. I would, I would assume um, or had someone texted today and said, Hey, I think I might be among the very small, um, minority of, of your texters who actually thinks they shouldn't play. And I think, yeah, I, I responded. I was like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, and I, I'm not criticizing anyone for that. I think, again, I think it's, but it's perfectly reasonable to see it that way. And uh, I think those, I think that has been obscured a little bit that, that, that the severity still among some people in the medical establishment, the concerns that they have for this and how real it is for people. 
I know we've heard from texters who have lost their jobs for sure. As for sure. Talking. Yeah. I'm just, but I was even talking about just like the health side of no, things. No, for sure. I mean, but I, and then I'm just like adding on top of that. We've had people who said, Hey, I can't, I can't do the texts anymore. I have to drop the yeah. text because I lost yeah. my job because of COVID-19. So um, it's just, it's just worth throwing out there. Uh, another thing I hate is the political stuff. Um, everything is political. We try to stay away from the political stuff here. I mean, there are, there are reasonable parts, parts of this that you understand, yes, this literally is political. You know, when, when presidential candidates are trying to use it as, a, as an actual election tool, I mean, you can't bury your head in the sand about that. Um, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And as we've mentioned on previous pods, there are Democrats and Republicans who want the Big Ten to play football, and there are Democrats and Republicans who don't want the Big Ten to play football. Um, but I just, um, I haven't liked it. I don't like delving into that. Uh, it's not what we're here for. And I, I just want to make clear, my take on stick to sports is about sports writers. I think athletes, when you are doing the thing, you then earn the right. You have people's attention because of your great skill at something. And then whatever you want to say, say whatever you want. All we are doing, our great skill, is talking about other people's great skill. So it is a bait and switch if you are here to listen to us talk, not about our own accomplishments, but you're here to, to discuss with us the accomplishments of other people, and then we slide in our political views. Hey, while you're, while you're here wondering if, if uh, we think Chris Olave is better than Terry McLaurin, let me tell you what I think about politics. That is a bait and switch, and I don't like that. So that's where I stand on sticks to, stick to sports, and I just I don't like it when I see other sports writers do it because what, others bother, what always bothers me about it is those sports writers are dumber than me and dumber than you, Nathan, and we're not doing it. We could do it. We're a heck of a lot smarter than them. You're a dumb sports writer. You're dumb. You're dumb. So we don't Fuck care. You're a dumb sport. <laughs> We're smarter than you. I don't, I mean, do you want to debate it? You're dumb. So talk about sports. You're probably good at that, but the rest of it, you're just dumb. Yeah. My, my one exception to the pol political stuff is I will speak up when it comes to first amendment stuff. I feel like that's a little bit sacred for our profession. I'll, I'll defend my profession, but all the other stuff, no, I, I, I don't take political opinions and I, and I don't, or at least I don't publicize them. And I don't. Um, and I think also it, it's also true that sometimes you do have to write about the politics. You do have to write that it means something that President Trump is injecting himself in the Big Ten in a way that he's not injecting himself in the Pac-12. I, I think that's a disservice not to mention that. But you, in the same thing, you, you need to mention that it was a Joe Biden attack ad, more or less, that started this whole thing, that, that prompted President Trump to get involved in some ways. If you, if, as long as you're mentioning both of those things and being fair to both sides and accurate on both sides, I think you're okay. So, but I, I agree. I think the people who are, um, who are peddling themselves, who it's, 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 they're using sports writing as a guise to peddle political opinions. And um, I don't want any part of that. And if the people that we cover are talking about politics or political issues, then I think we can talk about that. We can talk about sure. them talking about it, but what our individual opinion is about that subject does not matter. We can talk about, should they be talking about it? But whether we agree or disagree with what they're saying, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. Uh, last two things after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, the last two things I hate about this 35-day now Big Ten limbo. Um, Rutgers having an opinion. It's like... Uh, <laughs> And then I do feel like, I mean, I feel like there have been too many people who are on like the, yeah, get rid of Rutgers bandwagon. And it's like, I don't want to be on the bandwagon with them. But I do feel like, um, you know how Nathan like these, and I don't even know exactly where Rutgers and Maryland are on their cut of the money. But whenever a school comes into a conference new, they don't get like the full share of the TV, TV revenue right, they right off the bat. Right. Um, I don't think they should get a full vote. Why should Rutgers get a full vote? How about Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers all split a vote and let the, uh, the other, other 11 uh, each have their own and they can combine on the 12th vote. Like I just, I, I do think there's some of this, the way this has gone down, 
Um, I get that you're in a group. I get that everybody, as I've said many times, not you don't always get to do whatever you want all the time when you're part of any group. But also the idea that Rutgers and Purdue and Northwestern and whomever else can like stop Ohio State from doing what Ohio State wants to do. I don't know what the answer is to that, but I don't like it. And I don't like talking about it and thinking about it. And if like you go down this road too far, if you said, well, one of the main things about being in a conference is not just playing the sporting events. It's that every year you're going to have multiple votes about whether or not you should even play the sports. And then it's like, do you want Rutgers to have one of those votes? Or do you want to be like, you know what? Let's just keep them out, right? I mean, I, you'd want to keep, you would want your group to be more like you. And what has happened, this is actually a great point that I've stumbled across. This is how this podcast works. Making great points by accident, Buckeye talk. What has happened in the alignment, the realignment world is that conferences have sought out schools who are less like them. Now they claim, and I know there's, what's the, is it the AAU or whatever the thing, like the academic thing that the Big Ten says, well, we want you to be in this group or whatever. I, I understand that that matters on some level, but they've, everyone wants to expand geographically. The whole point of Jim Delaney wanting to add Maryland and Rutgers is because they were outside the Big Ten footprint. They're different. Rutgers is different. We're expanding who we are. And then you get expanded and you look around and you say, man, there's a lot of schools here who aren't like us. And now they hold our fate in their hands. And if West Virginia and Utah were preventing Texas from playing football, I would imagine that Texas would be feeling much like Ohio State. And if Missouri and Vanderbilt were preventing Alabama from playing football, I would imagine Alabama wouldn't be very happy about that. So I do understand, and, and I don't know what the answer is, but that is, it grates on me a little bit. Not that Rutgers should be completely dismissed, but it's just like, man, we all recognize you don't matter as much. So why do you matter as much? It just, I, it, I know everybody listening to this feels that same thing. Um, and I don't know the answer, but I do think it actually is kind of a problem. What's well, why the all or nothing concept just doesn't make any sense to me because, because the opposite is also true. Like the Rutgers should not be able to say, well, we absolutely can't play. There's just no way we can make it happen. We're not going to play. And so then because of this all or nothing concept, then that means nobody can play football. That would obviously be um, unfortunate if that was what the philosophy they were taking. Also, though, if Rutgers says we don't feel comfortable playing football, there shouldn't be an all or nothing that forces them to play. They should be able to opt out. They should be able to say, you guys go do it, but we're not going to do it. And that's what that's those those comments tonight from the Wisconsin Chancellor. You may be right that because it just doesn't it, it strays from logic to me that they would take that off the table. So and I know along the way, I've said, listen, you've got to listen to the group and 11 to three was pretty overwhelming. Right. So it's not like only yeah. Rutgers kept Ohio State from playing. But, um, you know, there's a balance to all of this. And it's like, where's the line when, what's the vote number where you're, you feel like, okay, we got to go along. And what's the vote number where you feel like, oh man, that was close enough. I don't want to listen to that. It's very complicated, but also just Rutgers sucks. Um, last thing is just the silence, which contributed to all these other things. The, the great gaping silence by the Big Ten opened the vacuum for a lot of this other crap to fill the void. And I hold the Big Ten responsible for that. Because when you are the Big Ten, you hold yourself to a high standard. You hold those around you to a, to a high standard. They tried to do that. That was their intent. They wanted to be leaders. They thought people would follow their decision to cancel. And then once they didn't, they shut their mouths and buried their heads in the sand. And that is just a, a fundamental lack of leadership that is unforgivable, I think. It doesn't mean that they can't get past it, and it doesn't mean that they can't do better in the future, but this is a stain on them for a while, the way they hid. And I'm just, I'm gonna be very curious in the end to see, and I don't even, it's not necessarily like an apology, right? I mean, I don't know that, I mean, Kevin Warren doesn't, does he have to apologize? Does he have to explain? 
when the next thing comes up, just do they have to do better? Nathan, I don't know. What would you like to see so that this podcast isn't only about hate? What would, how would you like to see the Big Ten learn from this? Because I think everybody – so of, of all the things that people have disagreed on, I think everybody is in 100% agreement that the Big Ten in the communication part of this and the transparency botched this and it can't happen again. Yeah, even as much as we've said that maybe the decision on August 11th was justified, I think the thing that was a misfire there was that it, it wasn't unanimous. And by that, I mean, they don't have to – don't come up with fake unanimity. I think if they had said, what is everyone, what is everyone comfortable with, they would have gotten to 14-0 and 0 on not making a decision, right? They would have gotten right. to 14-0 and 0 on pausing. That's the kind of thing I think that they need to learn from this, that they didn't need to pull the trigger based on that 11-3 to 3 vote. They could have said – because it's 11 to three, that means we can't start yet. Let's wait until we have a 14 and 0 vote one way or the other. We'll revisit this in two weeks, a month, whatever. And we'd be where we are now, but we would have done it without nearly the same kind of um, crying and moaning and anguish and, and very real consequences, I suppose, for, for, for some of the athletes. So that's, I think, the thing that they need to learn the most is that, and maybe that's just the, the byproduct of a first-time commissioner, as you've talked about, a first-time commissioner and a lot of first-time presidents, that they didn't have the same, like, gravitas or um, composure in that room that you would have had under Jim Delaney and, and, a, and a previous regime of, of more veteran presidents and chancellors. But that's the thing that they learned it the hard way, but that's what they've got to learn better this next time. And, and the messaging, too. Because they, they left a void of messaging that was filled by a lot of nonsense and a lot of partisanship, uh, not political partisanship, but like just football partisanship and Big Ten partisanship. It allowed this, it allowed the message to get away from them. They didn't control it the way they should have. It was kind of PR one-on-one. That's why they had to go spend money to get another PR firm on top of that. Um, if they, they could have done that better the first time around. So to recap, the things I hate, silence, Rutgers, perspective, politics, being right, uh, the 5% nagging, sourcing, not seeing the team play, and limbo. I hate all of it. I also hate the actual limbo. How does a person's body bend that way? Yeah, I would have thought you have a very, like, Gumby-like physique. I would have thought that you could have, like, pulled that off. It's tougher for me. Like, I'm, I'm like a... Uh, fire plug or whatever um did we take a second break we haven't we did have we, we did yeah we, we took a second breaks? break yep all yeah. right i'm gonna take a third break right now no i'm not um <laughs> i do want to end this by saying um this is i don't like to um talk about personal things it make it's weird to me i hate i hate podcasters mostly bill simmons who talks about his family all the time i don't care about your family um, your family is not interesting. Everybody thinks their own family is interesting, but no one's family is interesting to anybody else. I don't want to expose my family to that. Um, and so I don't do it on here. And it befuddles me. I don't do it on Twitter. It befuddles me on Twitter when people are just like, hey, you follow me for football opinions. Here's a picture of my kid's third birthday party. And it's like, why are you doing that? First of all, nobody cares. Second of all, do you want those people to know what your three-year-old looks like? Have you been on Twitter? Right. So I don't uh, want to be overly personal. I don't want to be personal all in here, but this is something I just need to talk about very quickly. My family, uh, during the pandemic, um, in trying to sort of find things to make us happy and you know, just get, look for little pick-me-ups during the course of the day, trying to fill some gaps for my, for my daughters. Um, we bought two male guinea pigs, and one of the guinea pigs is a girl. <laughs> and we have spent the last week doing some very thorough examining of guinea pig private parts uh, in the search for the thing that would show us that that other guinea pig was a boy, which is what we thought, because you want two guinea pigs of the same gender. And so it turns out that the guinea pig that bit off the ear, the ear biter is a girl. And the one who had the ear bit off is a boy. And now we maybe understand why it happened. We thought it was a dominance thing where it was two males trying to assert dominance. And it was probably just the boy guinea pig being a jackhole and the female guinea pig getting sick of it and biting his ear off. 
Um, so we are currently worried that the guinea pig, the boy guinea pig is going to impregnate the female guinea pig. They can never be together again. Um, we don't know. We're considering guinea pig neutering. But I just wanted to put that out there because we had talked briefly about the guinea pigs. And um, this has been something that my family has been dealing with for last week. And I won't touch the guinea pigs because I'm not picking up a guinea pig. It's a mouse. A guinea pig is a mouse. It's a rat. Yeah, it's a rat. Yeah. Like it's a, a rat. Like rat. A squirrel. Yeah. Like anything. It's just better PR. Um, yeah, it's a I'm pretty not, awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm not picking up a rat. So my wife and daughters have been lifting up the, the yeah their legs are regular let's look in here and then uh and then we've come to this decision so i just wanted to share that i thought that was important um please be careful you go to the guinea pig store and they say hey listen make sure you get two of the same gender and we say okay can you pick out two of the same gender for us and they say okay these two are the same gender we think <laughs> And there's like, you can't get your money back. There's no, they don't put it in writing that this guinea pig, and it is very hard when the guinea pig is very small, it's hard to find it. So if you're kind of like, well, I can't see it. They're kind of like, well, you can't really see it yet. And it's like, well, when are you supposed to be able to see it? Because I want to make sure to check for it when I can see it. And now it's too late. Now we're attached to the guinea pig. But the one, the good thing is, is that the guinea pig who's a girl his name was Arlo, and my daughter, who named him Arlo, looked it up, and apparently there's a Hollywood couple, couple uh, Leighton Meester and Adrian Brody, had a baby girl and named her Arlo. So somehow Arlo is a girl's name also, so we don't have to change the guinea pig's name. So that has taken some of the pressure off. So Nathan, I mean, is there anything you want to add to that? Are you, are you shook at all? By to that? No, I don't think I have anything no. to add to that. I was disappointed. I thought you guys would name them like Evander and uh, Mike. And Mike, yeah. Um, we might now. We, we, who knows? But um, so that's where we are. Well, now that, well you can't now because one of us is a female. Right. We'd have to name it like, yeah, like Layla Ali or whatever. Or like, uh, she yeah. didn't bite anybody's ear off. Yet. No, I know. I don't know. Who's a woman who's bitten, who's yes. bitten someone's ear off? Can someone research that? Um, all right. Thanks to you guys for listening to Buckeye Talk. We appreciate you following along. We're going to get an answer. We'll do an emergency pod whenever there is an answer. Uh, we'll be ready with what it means for Ohio State football and what the schedule looks like. We're assuming that we will talk to Ryan Day and or Gene Smith very soon after uh, the Big Ten announces a decision. And we are anticipating that it will probably be on Tuesday or Wednesday, but we're not in the business of making promises that we are not responsible for keeping. So hang with us. Read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. Try the text at 614-350-3315. And for now, thanks for joining us. For Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.